Thank you for being patient with my insane, chaotic schedule today. <laughs> You're it very is welcome. The MLK Day holiday, and the children are home. They are currently out of the house with Darren. He's taking them to get a haircut and lunch. But Avery's not sleeping, and that means we're not sleeping. And so everything is thrown into chaos. And so it led to me being in the driveway, giving Darren a break before he took the kids and Googling, can you get tetanus from a scrape? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Lily, our dog, insists on being outside with us even for 10 minutes. So she has a, a cable tether to a tree and so she has I learned today chewed through part of it and then it's rusted in the rain I was trying to extract her from you know she was tangled up in the bushes and so she kind of scraped my ankle with this rusty tether and I'm like oh just what I need today tetanus (laughs) so I was googling can you get tetanus from a scrape while Avery's fussing for me and Lily's barking at the exterminator next door so you can get tetanus from a scrape however if you've had your tetanus vaccine in the last 10 years you're fine so yes I I recall you getting a booster shot not that long because ago. I got a rusty cut in New Orleans with yes. my family, and that was right, I think, when I found out I was pregnant with Evan. So, so less than, yes, it's been uh, less than 10 years, so you're safe. Quite a journey. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of excitement more than yes, these weekends and holidays with children. Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm her sister, Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. In today's episode, we discuss the question, what blend of novelty and familiarity brings you the most joy? For most of us, we don't want just new experiences or old favorites, but some balance of the two. As a culture, we often put more value on variety and novelty, but repetition and familiarity also contribute to a happy and fulfilling life. There is no good or bad, no right or wrong in what you prefer. It's about finding the ratio that's right for you. We'll talk about some of the research behind this topic and what some of our own tendencies are, plus share a few tips on how to get the most out of new and repeat experiences. But first, we wanted to share some listener feedback. Heather said she'd accomplished all but five goals on her 19 for 2019 list. Yay, congrats. And she sent us her 20 for 2020 list too, which was really inspiring to see. It was. Yes. So she also shared a couple of recommendations to help us with our own 20 for 2020 goals, which we really appreciated. Yes. So, yes. (laughs) We invite everyone to do the same if you have ideas. Please, Please do. Yeah. So Heather said that Third Love has the best bras ever and wrote, Malia, for some quick makeup looks, check out Thrive Cosmetics. They have some great products that brighten your face in minutes. I use it all the time. I will never not have the brilliant eye brightener in my bag. Their mascara is great, too. I love this recommendation because I'd glanced at Thrive products in the past. I've been targeted by their ads, but have not had a personal recommendation. And they have makeup tutorials and tips, it turns out. So I am totally going to order some, possibly today, because there's a free gift deal. Yep. (laughs) So they're not cheap, but they are cruelty-free and paraben-free. The cause in cosmetics is C-A-U-S-E. And for each product you buy, they donate to help a woman thrive. That's super cool. I'd never heard of this product before. I'm curious if they sell it here in Spain. Yeah, I wonder. I'm always wondering which ones ship internationally. Yeah, because I I was looking at Third Love bras, which I've been talking about looking into for a while, and they do ship to Spain, but they don't do free returns. Mm -hmm. So I might just wait till I'm back in the States so I can make sure that they fit and stuff. 
Yeah, it took me a while to find my fit. Actually, yeah. a couple of different <laughs> shippings back and forth. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a little concerned about just no return policy. Right. But <laughs> Thrive products sound awesome. I'm going to check at Sephora and some other stores here. Awesome. Yes. So we would love to hear about your 20 for 20 goals. You can DM us at Semi-Together on Instagram or Facebook or email us at podcast at semi-together.com. Now we'll get into today's topic, balancing novelty and familiarity. We thought this was an interesting topic to explore coming off the holiday break when many of us visited our hometowns or familiar destinations, or we had people in town who had visited before. So for us, it raises the question of how many familiar or favorite experiences to repeat and how many new things to try. Each of us is looking for a balance that works for us. Research shows that we tend to prefer novelty when we want to maximize our enjoyment of certain experiences. You know, we want to see a new movie, visit a new city, eat at a new restaurant. And novel experiences are fun and can do us a lot of good, sparking our desire to learn and explore, keeping our relationships fresh and exciting, and even boosting our memory. And we are wired to pay attention to new stimuli so we notice new threats and opportunities. Once we know that we're safe, we start taking the familiar for granted and responding less to it, which is called habituation, like how we stop noticing the hum of a fan in the room but jump when a fire alarm goes off. There's also a lot of value in revisiting familiar experiences. There was a recent New York Times article called The Unexpected Joy of Repeat Experiences that explores our current obsession with novelty, like the FOMO we get when we see other people's social media posts, and points out that we don't give repeat experiences enough credit. Even the word repetition tends to be associated with negative emotions, unlike novelty. So the article cites the research of Ed O'Brien, a professor of behavioral science at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, who launched a series of studies that found you're actually much more likely to enjoy a repeat experience than you think you will. O'Brien says there's a general belief that if you want to seem like an interesting cultured person, the best thing you can do is to showcase that you're open to new experiences. That may be true, but I think we take for granted the other value of really digging deep into one domain. Yes, and I often feel this sort of push and pull between the desire for the new and the familiar when I travel, but then also in my day-to-day life. So do I make one of my go-to recipes for dinner, or do I look for something new? Do I work for my favorite coffee shop, or do I venture further afield? Even ordering at a restaurant you've been to multiple times, you love this dish, but you're just like, oh, will I be disappointed if I get something else? Right, (laughs) right, exactly. You're like, I know that I crave this thing, but I feel like I'm limiting myself if I only order one thing every time I come here. (laughs) First world probs, by the way. Yes, (laughs) I know. Most of these. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. (laughs) Just acknowledging our privilege here, but. (laughs) Yes, yes. It is the anxiety of the modern world. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The fear of missing out is a real thing. (laughs) So. Malia, how does this show up for you? Where do you find you want novelty and where you lean toward familiarity? And are you happy with the balance that you have or do you want to make some tweaks? Yeah, I think it would be fun to go through all these different categories of areas where we are seeking balance of novelty and familiarity. So I will start with music. At work, I mostly listen to instrumental music, but when I'm doing other tasks, I'll probably do a 75-25 split on the familiar and the novel. And it really depends on my sort of bandwidth and headspace at the time, because if I'm in a stressed out state, I'll listen to something familiar. I just don't have room in my mind for something new. And I'll get obsessed with an artist for a week or two and listen on loop. So Maggie Rogers, Haim, Kina Granis have been some of my favorites. And sometimes like when I do have that mental bandwidth, I will listen to Spotify's Discover Weekly and they make recommendations based on what you listen to. And then the Daily Good newsletter has female artists they recommend that are always really great. 
So yeah, listening to familiar songs, the old favorites really takes me back to certain places in my life, especially high school and college. Uh, like we'd listen to Counting Crows and Dave Matthews Band and Better Than Ezra Carpooling. And then I remember one of the Bare Naked Ladies albums had come out the week I moved into college. So I was just listening on loop as I was moving in. So it really oh, brings yeah. me back there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There are those songs and albums that take you back to a time and place that are really evocative. Yes. What about you for music, Jill? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I listen to a lot of instrumental when I'm writing as well, but then I also listen to a lot of stuff on Spotify. So I have sort of my favorite playlists, those I've made and those I follow, but then I'll listen to Discover Weekly or New Release Radar or try to mix it up if I have the the mental space for it. So I've been trying to do that more often. I don't want to get bored of the stuff that I'm listening to, but mm-hmm. I definitely kind of come back to the same albums and playlists when I'm working or I'm cooking. I ha- definitely have my favorites. And for our listeners, we have two ongoing collaborative playlists that we've shared on our website. Yes. Yeah, one is mood shifting music and then one is songs we're loving right now. So we just kind of add, I don't know about you, Jill, if you keep adding, but I do. I do. I haven't in a little while, but I do when I come across something I like. Yeah, when I need a mood shifter, I do pull up that playlist. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I listen to them a lot (laughs) (laughs) yes well what about fashion and that is a generous word for clothing accessories hair and makeup in my case yes (laughs) fashion (laughs) is very generous for what I do in the day to day Darren and I, one of our friend's kids was wearing something that she loved and she's like, I'm doing a fashion. And so whenever I make an effort, I'm like, I'm doing a fashion. It's really cute. Yeah. Well, for me, getting dressed is more of a chore than an opportunity for self-expression on most days, (laughs) unless I'm getting dressed for a date or whatever. So I tend to cycle through the same clothes and just comfortable is the most important to me. And I would consider wearing some version of the same thing every day, inspired by Matilda Call, who's a creative director who wrote an article and became well-known for her work uniform, which is black pants and a white blouse. And she kind of changes it up slightly with a blazer or whatever, but the base is the same. She just says she doesn't want to spend her creative energy making decisions about what to wear every day, especially because for women, it's so complicated. Do I wear a short dress, a long dress, my hair up and down? So many permutations. Yes. And Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg are famous for wearing the same thing every day. And Barack Obama, too, you know, just pulling the, the next suit in his closet lineup. He says, I don't want to make decisions about what I'm eating or wearing because I have too many other decisions to make. Yes, it is exhausting to figure out what to wear every day. Yes, decision fatigue is real. It is a limited resource, a willpower in decision making. Yes, I want to love it, but I don't generally on the day to day. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I cycle through the same outfits. Seasonally, you know, in summer, I wear the same sundresses and sandals all the time. And in winter, I wear the same three sweaters and two pairs of pants over and over. <laughs> and I I will up my game if I'm going out to dinner or am I meeting up with friends later. But I work from home and I avoid video conference calls. So <laughs> just... you got like black tape over your camera. <laughs> No one wants to see this. I know. Like right now I'm like wrapped in a scarf and I do get dressed every day. I make it a point to shower and put on real clothes every day and a little bit of makeup. But I just can't bring myself to care that deeply. (laughs) So The way you said avoid video conference calls is like the beast up in his castle. All the mirrors are like scratched through. They're just covered with cloth. Let's not be dramatic. Yes. So it's not something I I look forward to because it's, you know, of course, I want to look reasonably cute for myself and I see Brian every day. But uh, otherwise, it's me and the coffee shop attendant and 
<laughs> not trying to impress anybody <laughs> not trying to impress anybody <laughs> so I like the idea of you know wearing some of the cuter clothes I have and I do I feel like in fall when the season changes I'm like oh it's boots and cute dress season but then winter I'm just like hunkering down trying to get through the next couple months <laughs> hibernating yeah basically <laughs> yeah the only time I'm glad to be a woman when it comes to appearance is when we're you know dressing up to go out because I'm like guys can't do a ton they like, put on cologne they put on a nice shirt Right. You know, they comb their hair. But women can put on makeup and accessories and shoes when they want to look cute. But then just the expectation that we'll do that all the time is very annoying to me. Yes. I find it kind of a burden. I do joke. Well, I'm pretty serious, actually. That I, I like to keep daily ex- expectations kind of low so that my <laughs> yes. transformation is more dramatic when I do get ready <laughs> for a special event. <laughs> That's right. I've always thought that if you wear a ton of makeup, then the transition when you don't have makeup on is very dramatic. And so if you do it the other way, then (laughs) people will be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) You clean up real nice. Exactly. Like, wow, look at you. At least it's a good excuse not to have to spend time on that because one of my goals for this year is to get better at doing hair and makeup, but still I will choose when to use that because it just takes so much time. And I'm like, I would much rather be creating a podcast or writing something or reading a book than spending so much time on my hair and makeup. Exactly. I have like a 15 minute limit for for caring about those kinds of things. And (laughs) (laughs) your clock's up. It's (laughs) over. Yeah. Well, the next category we'll chat about is family and holiday traditions. And for me, I do like doing the same things every year. We'll bake the same cookies and hang the same decorations and watch the same movies. But if something doesn't happen, especially in this season of life with young kids, it is not the end of the world. Like this year, we didn't watch Elf, which I was a little sad about. We just didn't have time for it. And then the last couple of years, I've bought these DIY ornaments for us to make and put the year on it and stuff, but we just didn't get around to it. So we'll have them for next year. Oh, good. You're already set. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, same. Like we, we also didn't watch Elf and I was a little bit sad about it, but you know, what are you going to do? We did watch Die Hard. Did I tell you that? Oh, yeah. So how did you like it? I really liked it. Yay. It was such a throwback. We used to watch a lot of 80s movies with mom and dad, and it just felt like that, you know, that time period. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was really kind of bloody and scary, but I thought it was well done. Yeah, it it's excellent. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's... and I do think it's a holiday movie. It has yes. that holiday vibe to it. <laughs> it counts. It's at a holiday party. There's the tree. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we watch that every Christmas, and there are a few others that we try to watch every year as well, and same with cookies. Holiday things, I I definitely lean toward familiar. And then also for family vacations, so our family will often meet in New Orleans if we don't go back to our hometown of Sonoma, and we'll stay in different neighborhoods, but going back to the same place. And then Brian's family goes to a lake house every summer, and it was the same house for many years. They just changed it this past year just because of the layout of the place. There is something nice about going back to the same places and you're like, oh, I can't wait till we do X, Y, and Z, go to this restaurant or rent the boats. Yeah. Darren's family does the same thing, meets up for a week in the summer, and we go to different locations. Since I've been on board for 10 years now, we've been to Maine and Wyoming, New Mexico, Tennessee. It's really a lovely chance to see different parts of the country. That's super cool. Yeah, we just get a big house and spend the week together and explore the area. I used to travel quite a bit, and when I had gone back to places that I love, like Paris and Barcelona, I do have a few favorite spots that I go to, but then do like to see, you know, what's new since I've last been there. 
Yeah, I feel that same way. There are cities that I have been many times because I love them, like New Orleans or Rome or Paris. And there are always a few restaurants or a few places that I'm like, okay, I definitely want to go back. But usually I'm the same when I want to see a new museum or walk around a new neighborhood because there's so much to explore. And I feel like I like the going deeper into a city. When you have the chance to revisit it, it feels like a privilege to get to know it better. Yeah. And when we go back to Sonoma, our hometown in San Francisco, there are new places all the time. So yeah, just a couple things that I have to do. And then the rest is pretty open. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like I might want to get, you know, Mexican food from one or two places in our hometown because Mm -hmm. they're my favorites. But then there's all these new places that are really fun to check out. Yeah. And speaking of food. (laughs) I'm always speaking of food. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Darren loves to cook and we both love to eat. We do mostly eat the same things during the week. He does food prep for lunches. It's a variation on spinach salad with chicken, which is pretty healthy. And we just kind of change up the dressing to keep it a little bit interesting. And during the week, especially when we have a busy week, we'll do the same things like spaghetti and things like that. And I am trying to sharpen my rusty cooking skills and give him a break. So I will Google some new recipes. So that's also nice to just have something new to look forward to. Yeah, it always is nice to try something new if you have the bandwidth. Yes, exactly. And we have gone to the same Mexican restaurant for quite a long time. Darren's, you know, probably 20 years or so. Oh, wow. Yes. And he has ordered the same thing for most of those 20 years. <laughs> and at first I was like, oh, that's so boring. The menu is really big. He said he tried lots of other menu items before settling on this one. And when he has ordered other things, he has been disappointed. And it's just very comforting to him to have this to fall back on. You know, weekends are stressful for us. And so he's looking forward to, we call it chip therapy and margarita therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and then his like old favorite enchiladas verdes. Oh, so yum. that's been, yeah, I totally get it. It's another like less of a decision to make. And he knows it's going to be good every time. Right. Yeah. You know that that's always going to be there for you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What about you, Jill, with food? Uh, So food for cooking at home, it definitely have sort of my tried and true recipes that I fall back on, especially during the week. I sometimes will experiment with new recipes during the week, but often it's just kind of like, all right, how do we get food on the table? Mm -hmm. But I do crave novelty with food. So I do like to experiment when I have the time or at least variations on some of the things we make in general. For restaurants, it's similar. We have some favorites that we often take people when they're here visiting because we don't want to, you know, gamble on an unknown if Mm -hmm. people are only in town for a few days. But Brian and I often will try to go to new spots on our own or with friends because there are so many and there's always new things popping up. So I don't want to just go to our list of favorites all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have some places here in town that when family will visit, like there's this um, barbecue restaurant that they have these amazing nachos with pickled onions mm-hmm. and creme fraiche. And my sister-in-law loves them as much as I do. So we'll get that every time. The thing that you have to eat in the city that you're revisiting. Yes, absolutely. There are a few people who have come back for repeat visits and it's been that way as well like one or two places like oh can we go back to that seafood Mm -hmm. place because it was so amazing and (laughs) we're happy to oblige (laughs) yes (laughs) well for media like movies shows and books when I was younger I would read the same books and you and I Jill would watch the same movies over and over again (laughs) like A League of Their Own oh my three ninjas (laughs) the Goonies yeah yes but now I rarely do watch the same thing twice or read the same thing twice because there's so much content out there and I have so little time to consume it. So I will circle back to nonfiction books for reference, and then I'll reread them, the best ones, the ones that mean the most to me every few years, like Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I just reread, and it's so wonderful. Oh, I want to read that one again, too. 
and Pema Chodron's When Things Fall Apart, I'm rereading, and it's just wonderful. It's, she's just the truth. Yes, I have not read that book, so I'm going no, to put really it on It's really good. List. It's really good for like when you're going through a rough patch, or really just in general for life advice and dealing with life as it comes and not freaking out. <laughs> Sounds helpful. Like, yeah, I could use that. There you go. There's the answer to life. <laughs> All right, cool. I didn't know there's a book for that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, right. Read it and everything will be solved. Perfect. <laughs> but um, it does give you more tools to, to cope with the things that, that happen in life inevitably. Nice. Yes. I was wondering if we had had so many options for watching movies and TV shows when we were little, if we would have rewatched as That's often. such a good point. Yeah. You know? I, I'm sure we wouldn't have with streaming. Yeah. You right. just press on a different show. And like kids, I think kids also enjoy watching things over and over mm-hmm. again, their favorites. But, you know, we had our VHS collection of movies and we would go to the movie store maybe once a week. But we would often rent the same things over and over, mm-hmm. <laughs> even with the choice. That's, That's so, so funny. You're right. Yeah. So as a kid, we would rewatch movies all the time. I would reread books, my favorite books. And now I don't do that as much with movies it's really only around the holidays that I'll rewatch something or if a girlfriend was visiting and we watched some movies that we loved when we were in college or something like that. But I will reread childhood books. Not always, but it's kind of a comfort thing. So I'll reread mm. Roald Dahl books or mm-hmm. The Little Princess or I'm re-listening to the Harry Potter books, which I definitely listened to like college and beyond. It wasn't mm-hmm. a childhood favorite, but that kind of thing I will revisit. But otherwise, there's so much new stuff out there that I want to watch new things. Yeah. And one of the joys of parenting for me is reading the books with my kids that were my favorites as a kid. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And like some of the actual books that I brought from home, like Fox at School, Evan really loves. And they're dog-eared and from the 70s and 80s. And (laughs) it's really fun to see their reactions and have them request those. Oh, that's wonderful. I have a small shelf of picture books and chapter books from childhood that I've kept that I just enjoy myself. (laughs) Feel like a kid again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and there's some research. Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in one of his books, I think The Tipping Point, that kids actually have a different experience of something each time they watch because they're noticing new things Mm -hmm. and it's unfolding and they're getting a better understanding like Sesame Street and Blue's Clues. They're reacting quicker and know the answer and what to expect. And so it's a more enriching experience each time. Right. It makes sense. That's a way of them picking up new things as they're learning. Yeah. And adults too. I mean, Darren's favorite show, The Expanse, the the writers designed it for rewatching. So there's things that you'll pick up on. If you've seen the whole thing through, you'll see foreshadowing. But if you go back to the beginning, yeah, little visual Easter eggs and things like that. So I think that's pretty neat. That's cool. Yeah, well, leisure and hobbies. I have so little downtime that I tend to do the same things rather than exploring new hobbies at this stage in life. But reading, playing guitar, piano, singing, writing, podcasting. And Darren and I have been going to a few new places on date nights, which has been really fun to be tourists in our own town. And just that little dose of novelty in our leisure. Yeah, exactly. That's really nice. I, I, I tend to do the same kinds of things in my free time as well. You know, I like reading and writing and cooking and Hiking is a fairly new one. So I I like those things. I would like to push myself to add a little more novelty to the mix. I would like to be a little more of a tourist in my own town as well, you know, checking out more museums and art exhibits in Barcelona, not just when I'm going to other places or actually trying some of the classes I've been thinking about doing, that kind of thing. It would be nice to add that to the mix. Yeah, and you guys have so many visitors. It's a good chance to be a tourist in your own town. It is. It is. There are a couple of things that I've been saving for when people come to visit that I feel like I just want to do on my own. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. visited Hospital Saint Pau down the street. Like, okay, oh, I, can just, yeah. I can just do that myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
any day, but when you can do it any time, sometimes know, it happens in no time, happens. right? I know, it never happens. I know. I just have to find the time and actually put it on my calendar. <laughs> well, for our listener takeaways, here are five tips for balancing novelty and familiarity. Number one, take a break from your favorite things to appreciate them more. Michael Norton, Harvard Business School professor, says coffee will never taste so good as it does if you quit it for a month. So it's true that novelty is fun, but given enough of a break in between, repeat experiences regain that initial buzz. I like this, but I will not give up coffee for a month. <laughs> I know. I will not, Michael Norton. For the record. <laughs> good advice, but will not. <laughs> yes, replace that with something else. <laughs> and number two, look for new insights in repeat experiences. So just because you've done something before doesn't mean that you've experienced all it has to offer. Search for the things you didn't see the first time around. Ellen Langer, a professor of psychology at Harvard, says there are more layers to explore in virtually every experience. And the process of looking for new insights is fulfilling on its own, because this is practicing mindfulness. She says, when you're noticing new things in any experience, neurons are firing, and that's the way to become engaged. Number three, add an element of novelty when learning new things. New experiences improve our memory and the brain's plasticity, or the ability to make connections between neurons. If you want to learn something new, Lifehacker suggests studying it after exploring a new place, going to a new setting, or even adjusting the light and temperature in the room you're already in. Number four, find little ways to incorporate novelty into your day. Identify a few areas of your life where you'd like to break out of your routine, like your wardrobe, your music, or your relationships, and make a small change to each every day for the next week. Wear an outfit or an accessory that's been collecting dust in your closet, make a new workout playlist, Try something new for date night or a friend hangout. Go for a walk, check out a free exhibit or event, try a restaurant in a neighborhood you don't know well. And number five, experiment to find the right mix of novelty and familiarity for you. When you return to the same places, pick a couple of favorite destinations to revisit and explore several new ones as well. See what blend makes you happiest. Celebrate the holiday traditions that mean most to you and try out ones you'd consider adopting. You could pick one day a week to break out of your routine and what you wear, what you eat, and how you spend your leisure time. We'll share these tips in the show notes, as well as a set of questions you can use to figure out your own balance of novelty and familiarity. And share your own tips with us. Drop us a line at podcast at semitogether.com or on Facebook or Instagram at semitogether. Now it's time for Get It Together, Got It Together, a segment where we share something that's going well for us right now and something we'd like to work on. Today, we are going to share a couple of updates on how our 20 for 2020 lists are going so far. So Jill, do you want to go first? Yes. So my get it together is the first item on my 20 for 2020 list, which is restart and keep a budget. So (laughs) I still have not fully engaged with the new tool that we are working on using. It's called Personal Capital. And I like it so far. And we kind of like set up our accounts on it. And we started to figure out how we can use it, but we didn't really get past that first or second trial. And both of us have been traveling and we're not in the same place right now. So I just need to find a time to re-engage with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it makes me feel better because my number one goal of money, you know, work, I'm doing more business development, but in our personal life, not so focused on that one. So we will be holding each other accountable and also be each other's cheerleaders. For yes, this. yes. I'm reminding myself that any tiny engagement to give myself credit for. So even opening the app and looking at it and the emails they send me like, hey, have you checked out this thing? So it's on my list. Hasn't happened yet, but the year is young. My got it together is find a new tutor and restart weekly Spanish lessons. So Mm -hmm. this one was big on my list and it was a 
a carryover from last year as well. So I logged back into italki, which is the online tutoring program that I'd use where you can connect with tutors from all over the world and find all kinds of languages. So I hadn't used it since my previous tutor stopped teaching over a year ago, but I went back in, I still had credits in there, and I narrowed it down to a short list of teachers that I like, and I picked one to set up a trial lesson with. And so that is happening this week. That's amazing. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. And Yay. it took me very little time. It's very silly. I've <laughs> avoided doing this forever. And then really, it took me 20 minutes or something. And that was just looking at the five different profiles that I liked, because there are lots of great teachers. Yeah, sometimes though, gathering all that headspace to just center on the thing, because then it's the whole thing you're going to be doing in the future. So yes, yes compassion for yourself. And for then sure. I'm excited that you're restarting. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited. It's just a 30 minute lesson. And then if we like each other, then I'll just set it up for the next month or so on a certain day of the week and see how that goes. That's so cool. Yay. Yay. I love language lessons. I know. I know. I miss it and I miss the structure of it. So I'm I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels so good to have your brain just like growing those new connections between neurons and you feel tired, you know, at the end of the day, but in a good way. In a good way. Absolutely. Well, what about you, Malia? Well, my get it together, not entirely my fault or really our fault at all, but Avery's sleep. We'd mostly cracked the sleep problems before we took our trip to California for the holidays. But when we got back, Avery's sleep was just wrecked. I don't know if it was the time difference or she was just used to being around me all the time, but she's just been night waking every single night since we've returned home from oh, our trip, which is quite a while now, a couple of weeks. And she comes, she's been coming into our room, Darren's and mine, in the middle of the night and getting in bed with us. And then no one sleeps because she's kicking and flailing and, you know, she's a very active sleeper. So we are working on getting her to stay in her bed all night long and bribing her up and down so far that we're having to up our ante with the bribes. <laughs> She's still not doing it. And I realized that one of my goals for 2020 was managing the sugar and screen time for the kids, which then influences their level of sass. And sleep was another S that really contributes to that. Oh, so yes. that is, is a harder one to control, but we are centering on that as our priority right now. And for listeners, I would love any advice you have for getting toddlers to stay in their beds and sleep the whole night. Yes, that is rough because, of course, when you don't sleep well, then the rest of the day feels that much more difficult. Thrown into chaos, yes. And I have very little patience and I'm grumpy and just really want to sleep. So, yeah, I've been taking two-hour naps this weekend, which is not a luxury I have during the week. So we'll see what happens this week. Oh, man. But I may end up just going to the guest room with her, which is what we did, you know, originally last year. Sometimes she would just come into our room in the middle of the night and we would go and spend the rest of the night in the guest room. So at least... All of us slept then. Oh, you poor love. I'm blessed with two children who did not like to sleep so much. (laughs) Sigh. Well, I got it together in happier news. One of my other goals on my 20 for 20 was creating love tank jars or marble jars where I would fill each day for each person in the family, including myself, to represent a time that I connected with each person during that day. So I thought about using marbles or rocks, or I ended up using little cut up pieces of paper on which I write the actual experience of connection, which is helpful because then I can dump them out later and then see what things I connected with with our family members or myself on. And so, um, yeah, I've been doing this every night before bed and it's been really great. It centers me on that goal during the day that I want to have at least one solid moment of connection with everybody and help fill their love tanks. Well, that's great. And then you can look back on them, especially, you know, during low moments. It's a nice thing to, to reread and focus on. See the stack of paper growing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Those are up in my closet, so I see them at least twice a day. And an unofficial goal that I borrowed from you, Jill, is going on Gottman's eight dates based Yay. on the book yeah, that he and his co-authors wrote. And uh, Dara and I have gone on two of those dates so far. And it's been so wonderful just to have time carved out for these conversations that contribute to healthy relationships. And we've gone and sat in a beautiful place, like the overlook at the local reservoir, and gotten some coffee and pastries and had some really great conversations that bring us closer. So I would highly recommend that all couples do eight dates. It's really wonderful. That's so great. I'm really impressed that you've gone on two so far. Yeah, um, I didn't thought that they recommend you do them consecutively, which is very challenging. I think challenging you're right. Us. Yeah. <laughs> like each week do one. When he told me that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be challenging. But thank God for his mom because she watches the kids and she said she's available. So we're going to really try to do that. Oh, that's awesome. That's really great. Yeah, I would love to do them in consecutive weeks once we get started, once we're back in the, the same place. Brian's traveling right now. Yeah, um, I'm sure packing them in back to back has more of an effect. So I think that's ideal if you can do it. Yeah, and you build the momentum. But mm-hmm. that's... That's really great. I'm I'm really excited to get started on those. Too. Yeah, I can't wait to hear how yours go. Yay. Well, that is it for this episode of Semi Together. You can find show notes at semitogether.com with a recap of this episode and links to the resources we mentioned. You know that we love your feedback, so tell us how you balance novelty with familiarity in a way that makes you happy. Email us at podcast at semitogether.com or send us a voice memo. You can also leave a comment on our Instagram or Facebook page at semitogether. If you enjoy Semi Together, here's how to support the podcast. Become a patron at patreon.com slash semi-together and get all kinds of fun extras. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please tell a friend. Thanks for listening to Semi Together. And take it from us, you have it more together than you think you do. We are testing sound. Testing All sound. right. And getting my energy up. I know. Yay. Speaking up and out. I haven't really been talking to any people for the last couple of days except for like <laughs> the coffee shop attendants. So yeah, I'm a lot of practice. When we used to freelance, we would be like deer in the headlights, Darren and I, when we went out to parties and stuff. I know. <laughs> Ghostly like Boo Radley. I know. We talk about being hermit crab, which I think is a reference to maybe the second Zoolander movie. Mm. So Brian texted me an emoji of just like a shell when I was gone. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I'm doing right now. That's pretty much me for the last couple days. I will see friends someday.